0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you by Eagle Eye View. Of course, myself, Mike, just waiting for Phil, my co-host, to join me, so we can start tonight properly. And there he is now. Phil, can you hear me? Phil, are you there, mate? I'm not bad, thanks, yourself?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah, when The season's ended. It's been an enjoyable season, but uh, all good things come to an end, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we we'll start again obviously in the summer. Uh, how we're going to top this one, I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, getting to see it end now, really. Um, it would be sometimes I think I'd be relieved to see it over, but uh, a great end to it we've had.
1: Yeah, it's been brilliant, hasn't it? We've had these little runs of unbeaten spells and it's just been incredible, really, because we've played some very good teams. We've just become very difficult to beat. I mean, I know we had those three games, didn't we, where we sort of conceded a few goals, but other than that, we've been such a strong team and difficult, well-organised and difficult to beat. So, yeah, it's been amazing, really. Yeah, a fantastic season. Well,
0: as I say, i was spent well, the last few days, I've been writing the... Um season review is very, very long. Uh and um if you may if you remember last year's but I try and cover every game, obviously not not full detail or anything, but kind of take you through the season for those who who won't have seen it or know about it. So um and going back through it, it, it was a reminder of the way that the season's kinda of gone where at the start, you know, obviously we, we opened up with the Bristol City win, but we were um a bit slower going in the first few games and then uh the kind of turning point was probably the Durham game, uh, and that month that we had just really changed the season. And obviously, as you say, we had, the, we had a couple of spells with the heavy defeats, and then the back-to-backs with Coventry and Lewis. But we've we've ended on a, a four-game unbeaten run, um, you know, of which there three wins in a row. Um, so fantastic, really, um, what we've done. And as I said, that that will be out tomorrow or Saturday, I believe. I need to just proofread it first, but um, no, absolutely. Now, obviously, there's some people more joining in. I just want to kind of get ourselves back started officially. Um, so, as I say, welcome to the Crystal Palace Women's Show, uh, brought to you by View, myself and Phil, hosting the show. Uh, on tonight's show, we are looking back at the final game of the season, which was away to Sheffield United. Um and we'll be looking at our waveform. Because a couple of weeks ago, we covered our home form this season compared to previous seasons. And the plan is, I've done my stats again, uh, to look at our waveform this season compared to previous seasons. And it's quite a... The home one was quite an eye-opener, really. And, um, however, we may also get a special guest join us in the form of the manager, Dean Davenport. Um, he is tied up at the moment, but hopefully he might be able to get in before the show is ended. Uh, and if he does, then we get to uh, ask him a few questions on what's been a fantastic season and who, in my view, is manager of the season, although we all know it will go to Matt Beard. But, uh, so hopefully he'll join us. If he does, um, the question, it would be just myself and Phil limited as to who can speak and ask him questions um, just f- for control reasons, really. So but hopefully that will happen. So if we cut short, me going on about figures or anything like that, it's because Dean's here and we want to do that instead. Um now before we begin, as always, um and for the final time this season, just remind you of the results from the last weekend. So going into the weekend, Liverpool we already knew were champions. Um there's a few there's a battle for like who would finish where in the top five, but obviously the key game was the relegation battle at rickage Road with Watford and Coventry, um, where Watford had to win or draw to stay up. Coventry had to win. Um, to go for the scores, Charlton 1-2 on a home to Durham, which kept Durham below below us. Um Lewis beat Liverpool 2 1. I think they beat Leicester last season on the final day as well. So two years running, they've beaten the champions. And their goalkeeper scored as well, which is fantastic. I'm really desperate to see a Palace goalkeeper score at some time in my life. Uh the Lionesses, inevitably, they beat Blackburn 3 1. It's been an awful season for Blackburn. Um and you kind of got to feel next season could be a struggle for them. Uh, ourselves we drew two all the way to Sheffield United. Obviously we'll discuss that in a minute. Uh Sunderland ladies did not quite get the job done for us. They drew two all against Bristol City. They were one and up, but they were also two one down at some point. So uh that draw kept Bristol City above us on goal difference. So we were almost third. Um and the big game, Watford, Coventry, I mean just mental game. It went so many injuries in the end, it went to uh, like nine odd minutes of injury time. And Watford, uh, Coventry scored a blistering free kick in the 97th minute um, to stay up. And it was one of those where you can just feel it was written. After I said it, it was written the moment that the points deduction happened. I always believe things happen for a reason. I think this moment was written because Watford probably should have had a penalty second half. um, Nearly equalised as well at the end. But an amazing moment for Coventry and the turnaround that they've done. I think it's like nine unbeaten to end the season. So where that leaves the table at the end of the season, so Watford went down on 11 points, Coventry were 11th on 12 points, Um, and then jumped up to the top, so so Liverpool won the title 52 points. Second, this is how close it was, second were London City on 41, then third was Bristol City on 37, and fourth was us on 37. We had a minus four goal difference and they had a plus 15 goal difference. And then Charlton three points behind us on 34, along with Durham in sixth on 34, and Sheffield on 33. So, Really close. And we mentioned before, Phil, about um, if there was playoffs, about how exciting that would be. And we'd have been in them. Had there been playoffs, we would have finished in the playoffs. Um, and going by the format, if you use the same one as the championship, then we would be playing Bristol City um, in the semi-finals. So, you know, that needs to happen. We, we've said that going forward. But a remarkable end to the season for us um so close as well There's, you know missing out on only just missing out on third and incredible really that we are we, we've got the opposite to the men's team because in the men's team we are the only team in the bottom 11 in the premier league with a plus goal difference everyone else from ninth down has got negative a negative and in the women's we are the only team in the top 7 i think to have a negative goal difference we finished fourth with a minus goal difference which is incredible uh, that we've done it, and shows how much um, work we've done, you know, going forward ourselves. And, and reality is, as you mentioned, Phil, those those three games—the the, the four nils against Bristol City and Liverpool, and uh, the five one against Leicester—that's what's done our goal difference. Really, those three games kind of kind of killed it. We were in plus before then, for the first time ever, going into the second half of the season. So, fantastic end. Um, we'll move on to the final game of the season, which was at Sheffield. Um, just to run through the team, so we kept our five-three-two formation. Now, I've got to correct myself from last week, where well, I was corrected by the gaffer uh, after the show. Last week we were saying about um, Shiv being at left wing back uh, and Amy in midfield, but dropping back. I was wrong. Uh, it was actually Shiv was playing in the middle uh, as the number eight, and Amy was actually in the middle of the back three with Gracie and AJ and Lizzie was wing back. So, uh, I had to say, and we said, so because we thought it was the other way around, you couldn't really see that from one end. It's probably the benefit sometimes when you watch an the FA player because you get the side view so you can see the lines. So, going into this game, um, we had uh, one, no, one change. Lizzie uh, dropped to the bench and Charlie Clifford came in Um and you had Izzy Sibley p- switched back over to the left wing, and Sophie McLean, I believe, played right wing back, uh, so that Charlie could go into the midfield. So other than that, it's the same team as previously, um, with Millie and Molly up front again. And I really believe that could be a great, champ- uh, great pairing there if we get to keep hold of both players. Um, Phil, you were there up at the New York Stadium in Rotherham, not New York. Uh, first of all, what was it like for you being up? At the ground in a, obviously not a Premier League ground, but it's going to be a Championship ground again. Um, being up, being up there for the first time that they played there as well.
1: Yeah, it's a, I really enjoyed it actually. It's a, it's, it's a nice little ground. I mean, I think um I think I think things are gonna be really positive for Rotherham going forward, you know, because I think they've got all everything they've got everything set up. Funnily enough, you can see the floodlights from, from the old ground, Millmore, which is just across the way. So it's actually quite close to where the old ground was. Um they're doing a lot of development in the town centre. I think it's a really up-and-coming place. And and the football team obviously getting promoted to the championship as well um i think they've got a pretty decent future there and i like i like the ground it's um it's 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 compact it's it's you know it's it's just a really nice little ground and the facilities are good and you know, I've really enjoyed it. So, um, I mean, I'm not really a ground hopper. I don't sort of go to games just to go to new grounds. But it is it is interesting sometimes when you go somewhere different. You know, when you've been to so many grounds so many times, you know, to go somewhere different and the new ground it's, it's it is quite interesting. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, um, they opened one stand up, and we were sort of on the left hand side. As you, as, you know, um, as as we were looking onto the pitch, um, we were we were we were on the left, and we had all our, managed to get all our flags up. Um, they allowed us to do that which was nice so um yeah we, yeah we had a nice little um we had a nice little group there um amy's uh, mum and dad were there with us um so yeah it's good it, i really enjoyed it i mean it's quite a trek you know we had to change Doncaster on the train and so it's you know there's a, you know you're waiting in between trains and stuff but it's worth it it was really worth it and the game was absolutely a stonking game i mean it was the last 20 minutes it was just like it was almost like a boxing match it was like you know one team would have a go then the other team would have a go I really enjoyed it it was um it was just a really entertaining open game of football um credit to both teams. I thought Sheffield United played well I thought we played well um I thought we deserved to win it. we missed a couple of absolute sitters <laughs> um uh but other than that um it was a brilliant performance again you know we, what can I say I mean we've just been like that most of the season. we just don't know when to give up you know the first two goals were absolute screamers as well, you know both right in the top corner. Um, so yeah, it's, it, was, it was, you know, overall, it was just a really great day out. Um, and uh, we all, I think we all, all of us who went up there really enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: you're right. Do you know what? I, um, when I was writing the review earlier, uh, I, I've mentioned that when I got to the last game about how you see it often, don't you? The last game of the season, um, you see it all the time men's football where there's nothing really to play for and they're just awful games, aren't they? They just everyone's on the beach already, as to coin the phrase. and you know, they just drab affairs, often nil-nils or like a, an uninterested one-nil type thing. Unless we played Bournemouth from the last day, then it's a goal fest. But you know, that just was not the case in this game. And bearing in mind, for Sheffield United, their season was done in the sense of they couldn't get any higher, I don't think. Um, but whilst was for us. We went into the game knowing that um, we could still get second. I mean, it was always going to be unlikely because there's no way London City weren't beating Blackburn, but you know, we went into it still possibly, you know, with the possibility of of getting second. And, um, it was, as you say, it was an absolutely cracking game. I I watched it on the FA player, um, a couple of days later. And I was was really surprised because, as I say, you know, it's a difficult, it's a ground we find difficult. We've never beaten Sheffield United in the championship. And we still haven't. But this season was the first season we took any points off them. We drew a nil-nil at home. Um, and obviously now we drew two-two away, um, and it was just, as you say, an absolute cracker of a game. It was just end-to-end. I think say the last 20 minutes, I thought the whole game was was two teams just going for it. It's like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. them more like a basketball match, you know, where they, they run down, you know, they go down one end, have a shot at the hope. We get it, go down the other end. It was crazy. And I thought it was fairly even right up until they then scored an absolute screamer. Um, and it's just kind of like at that point, I thought both teams were fairly even. Maybe United had to put a bit more of the play. Um but it's kind of gone out of nothing, an absolute beauty out of nothing from outside the box. And all of a sudden we're one 0 down and you know, it'd been easy on the last day of the season for the team to to kind of just go, Oh, well, okay, well that's that type of thing. But as you say, this team doesn't do that. They don't know when it's done, you know, and the mo from the moment they scored we were in the ascendancy. We were a better team. We started having chances. Um, and it always looked like if another team, if there was going to be another goal, we would be the team that was going to get that goal. Um, and then, and we did obviously Charlie Clifford. Someone's obviously gone, gone to a, you know, you you never score a goal like there first. and so She's going to hold my beer <laughs> and smash it in top bins. Um, you know, absolutely incredible strike. And as you say, two fantastic strikes. And, um, the only frustration was we just, you know, we having got on top of the game, been the better team at that point and got level. Then a few minutes later, we we, we conceded again. And it was a cry. I mean, looking at it from the FA player, it looked like, I think, Emily was hesitant as to well whether to come out and claim it or not. Because obviously, with the angle, following the camera, it cut off a bit of it. Um, but that's how it looked. And then where the decision wasn't made, it left the, the, the player free. It left um, swim and Kirk free at the back post. And, you know, she's their top scorer this season. She's one of the top scorers in the league. And she's going to score a chance like that. But, you know, second half has come out. And we've run it again. We should have should have equalised in the first minute. Millie Farrow had a great chance. She'll be kicking herself. Bless her. The last two games, she'll be wondering how on earth she's not scored at least a couple. Um, but We kept going and, you know... and. And we got the just just rewards with the equalizer late on in the game. And that even that was, you know, good reactionary play from Sophie reading it, the rebound and getting in and poaching and putting it in. And um just a really entertaining end of the season, which you just so often don't get. And um there was a moment where we were drawing and uh Bristol City were losing and we were up and deferred. And then there was a moment where City were winning and Durham were winning, and we were down at the fifth. So, um, even on the last day, you know, for the the small things, it it was a bit, you know, there was was some drama going. Obviously, not the same drama as as at Vicarage Road, but um, some drama. And and I think to to get the the, the draw, get top four is exactly what we've deserved this season because we said it before in previous shows um, where we had the run of 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 some difficult results. You know, we went into the Charlton game. We dropped down to seventh, um, and the way we've played this season, the results we've got, the fact that we spent that chunk of time up in the top three, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we didn't deserve, we wouldn't have deserved a seventh place finish this season. This, our performance this season was not a seventh place team this year. You know, that, that's what we done. The that's what we did last year with seventh, um, but the way the results have gone, it was starting to look like that. And you know, three straight wins. To have pushed us back up deservedly to where we, we deserve to be in, in the draw at the end. And um, top four, I mean, George Ferdinand, I see it because Goldridge, you know, Bristol City are full time, and only two teams actually scored more points than us this season. That's inc- absolutely incredible and just shows how much work has been put in by Dean, all the staff, the players, everybody at the football club this season. It's just astronomical, really, what they've achieved. Um, you know, because then Sheffield United are the next placed for a part-time team um, down in seventh. So, absolutely fantastic what we've done this season.
1: Yeah, and and well, you you've you hit the nail on the head, really, Mike. Because when you think about you know the budget that London City have got and Liverpool have got against against our budget for for only those two clubs to to get more points than us is just. Absolutely incredible because their budget is probably, Liverpool probably about five times more than ours, but London City is probably three or four times more than our budget, you know, full, to go full time it must be. So when you think about, you know, the, the fact that only those two teams got more points than us over the whole season. Absolutely brilliant. And I think we, I think you're right. I think fourth is probably right because when you think of the three heavy defeats we had, they were against London City 5-1, Liverpool 4-0 and Bristol City 4-0. So I think it's right that they, you know, I think I think those are the three teams that if anyone was going to finish above us, it would it should be those three. And Charlton and Durham should finish below us because we did the double over them. We're, we're obviously a better team than them. So uh, we did the double over both of them. So I think, you know, I think realistically, I think it's a true reflection of the season, to be honest. Um, how on earth are we going to better that next year? <laughs> I just don't know how. We have to I mean, win the league, aren't we? Well, well, basically, yeah, we'll all we'll come second, really, because we joined. I mean, I think, it. you know, I mean, it's just incredible that we've improved every single year since we got promoted. We just keep doing it. It's defying the odds, really, isn't it? And, um it's all credit to everyone. I think Dean deserves manager of the of the season. I mean, you're right. It will go to Matt Beard, of course. But when you think of the resources difference and and what you know what what Matt's got that you know that ahead of anyone else with, with you know managing Liverpool women. I mean, it's just, um, it's just it's just Dean all day long, isn't it, for manager of the season? Yep, he's just, what he's done, what he's done there is just. It's just incredible. He's been there eighteen years. He is Mr. Crystal Palace women, you know, I mean, it's just it's just remarkable. and he just does it every season. He just keeps doing it. I, I mean, he it, should be honored really by the club. I mean, I think um I think you know moving forward for next season, there are a few areas where I think we can still improve. I do think we've we've said, and you've mentioned it more than me, really. I think you you mentioned this before I sort of cottoned on that this was something that we need. but we do really need a very strong, Dominant centre half Because we still have conceded um, Too many goals this season From callers and free kicks and, and crosses So we just need someone in there Don't we Who can just win Just dominate in the air And win all those headers And stuff um, Because we've got really good Footballing players at the back But I just think we need someone Who's just like really dominant A really big centre half I mean you know um, I don't think we've really had that For a few years Have we really Maybe Was it Ashley Goddard uh, Not Ashley Goddard um, Amy uh, Sorry, Mike Amy Goddard. Amy Goddard, yeah. Um, since Amy was there, um, and um, she would left to go to Yeovil, didn't she? And now she's at Bridgewater. But I think since Amy was there, we've not really had that dominant big centre half who can just win everything in the air, and, and that's what we've probably lacked. But, um, you know, it'll be an interesting summer because, of course there might be clubs that entice some of our players the way that we don't want to lose you know and there might be some players that we think okay it's time for us to to let them go and and we might have other 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 players you know highlighted to come in but i think it will be really interesting summer because i do think um like every summer there's always going to be quite a big changeover because I think most of the players are on one year contracts and lots of, there's lots of factors with women's football because of course, you know, people have got other jobs as well. So they might, they might move with their job and they might, you know, there's so many different circumstances. Um, But one player that we do know who's going to be moving on or, or not, not with us next season, of course, is Hannah Churchill, who's said that, you know, st- um, announced her retirement and um, it was really great to see her come out, um, you know, um, on you know, on um, Sunday and, and get the uh, um, get the guard of honor that she so deserves. I think I, I think that Hannah's been amazing um, for us. Um, there was a spell when I actually thought she was our top midfielder when she was really on top of her game. I don't think she really reached those heights this season uh, for whatever reason. I don't. I, when I when I saw her play, especially against Liverpool, I just didn't did she just didn't look fully fit to me i don't know if she's missed that lack that, that missed that sort of match experience you know the fitness that you get from playing games um maybe that maybe that was it but um what a player she's been amazing and you know it's a real real, real credit to the, to and how everyone feels about her the way that she was um applauded as she came on on Sunday, it was great to be there to witness that. She really deserved it. She's been fantastic, and so we will be have some changes, you know. And um, uh, going forward, it's going to be um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens. I really hope we can keep most of the squad together because they really have achieved so much together, and I think they're very close. I think they get on. All of them get on so well. Um, so it would be great if we can keep the majority, you know, the vast majority of them together for next season. But we just have to see because we just can't control that. And we, you know, and there's lots of th- reasons. Like I say, in women's football, there's lots of different reasons for people to move to different parts of the country, or you know, with jobs and work and personal circumstances and all different kinds of things. So we just have to see what happens. But, but yeah, it's been amazing, hasn't it?
0: Absolutely. So on the, on the note of Hannah, obviously I sponsored Hannah this season it um, to see her go uh, obviously we don't know the reasons behind mm. it um, I know she's had some injury issues this year um, as you say she was fantastic last season was one of our standout midfielders last year um, and for whatever reason you know things have, have not quite gone the same this year And but in all fairness I, that has been quite a common trend I, I don't know if you noticed but every you know someone a couple of people who someone's a standout one season the next season it's not quite the same level. I think Coral is probably the most consistent one in, in that, in terms of you know season on season what she what she does. But that's always the evolving way of the game. I mean, this season alone, you know, as I've like been splitting quarters, at one moment Kirsty Barton was easily been prior to the season, then another period Shiv Wilson, then Millie Farrow, Coral, Molly Sharp towards the end of the season. You know, it, it, it's changed, it's swung around a lot. How how quickly it changes, but you know, Hannah. You know, really top player for us. Um really nice girl as well. Um really, you know, really been honored to be able to sponsor her this season. I mean I'm starting to think I probably need to stop sponsoring players because I'm like the biggest hex in the world. It's like if I if I if someone gets a call in, in August from Paula saying that I've sponsored them, they'll probably, you know, hang up the phone and cry. Because I seem to I seem to be this curse of players. Um but no absolutely be, you know we wish I absolutely wish Hannah all the best for whatever she does going forward. Um, And, you know, thank her for everything she's done for us in the Palace. uh, um, And she will be missed by the club. Um, Going on the note of kind of the squad, we also know, obviously, uh, Alex Hennessy, Emily Orman, Gracie Pierce, their loans are up, so they will go back to their parent clubs. Um, And while, you know, obviously, I think there's a good chance we could see two of them again next season. Um, we don't know what's going to be the score. I mean, you know, if you looked at it from an outside perspective, if I was Chelsea, I'd seen... They they, they kind of expected Emily to come and play 20 games this season. I can't imagine Emily expected to come and play 20 games this season. Uh, you know, she she joined us at 18 years old on loan. She'd only just signed her first professional deal with Chelsea. Um, and then she's ended up being number one all season. So... You know, I can't see because she's not going to start for Chelsea next year. So if I was there, I'd be looking at it and going, well, you know, obviously, if the club are interested, let's send her back there. She can play another 20 odd games um, because it'd be a great learning experience for Emily because that's what these players need, isn't it? Is you need the game time, especially when you're young. Um, you just got to get out and you've got to get playing and, and improving and learning your craft. So I could see. Um, that possibly. I mean, Gracie Pierce. She's been here two seasons now. Um, obviously, she joined us from Arsenal youth system, and then she transferred to Tottenham in the summer before joining us on loan. Um, again, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if she came back here next year. Um, so you know, there are there are four players we know as it stands will not be part of this squad next season, and we haven't got a massive squad. Um Izzy Sibley, I believe she has got another year and a deal. I think she's on an 18 month deal. Um but there will be changes. As you say, that's that's the, the crux of the women's game every season. It's about keeping the, the quality this is what we did last year, which was massive, was we kept the core other than Sherelle, um who left because she couldn't do as far as I'm aware, she couldn't do the the the, the four sh- uh, training nights a week. Um other than Sherelle, we kept the core of the squad that had been so good for us last season. And then we went out and brought in players who improved on those that we let go, you know, and it was improved the squad immensely. So it's going to be a summer again of trying to do that. Obviously, Dean and the staff, they've got to compete with the full-time teams and what they offer. And um, although at the same time is, the ratio of full-time teams to part-time teams in the women's game at the moment is massively in favour, technically, of the of the part-time teams. So there's going to be decent players out there who actually that situation suits them better. Um, or not just the club. I think, you know, I mean, Millie Farrell was full-time at Leicester last season and she's come here. And um, as she said in the interview I did with her recently, you know, it's she's had stuff to deal with and, and the club's been fantastic for that. But believe B is the same with B, um, Lee, Nicol as well. So, you know, there'll be some players who I wouldn't be surprised, you know, would get offers but actually would stay because what they've got here is, is, is great for them on, on several different levels. Um, but, yeah, be trying to keep keep the quarter squad and, and, again, bring in players that improve on what we've had this season, which is going to be really difficult. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. But kind of rambling on now, as, as always. So that's, you know, why <laughs> uh, watching have a bit of a lifetime? But, Phil, kind of going back to the game, um, we've talked before about um, ground, playing at, like, the men's grounds, as it were, and the positives and negatives of it. And I know you and I are both more... We would rather play at Hayes Lane than Selhurst at the moment. Uh, perhaps have Selhurst as a one-game you know, one attraction every season, but play at Hayes Lane because the atmosphere is better, the closeness of the game, you know, the crowd and everything. How did you find it at the New York Stadium? Because listening to an FA player, it was exactly what, like noise-wise, is was exactly one of the things why I'd rather we weren't in those kind of grounds at the moment, which is when you've got fewer people in a bigger empty yeah. stadium, it's so echoey. It sounds, it reminds me of um when you're at school in the old gymnasium and there's so many people running around the street chewing, everything just bounces off the walls. Or when you're in the swimming pool, you know, and there's loads of kids running around and it's just noise everywhere, that echoey kind of tinny noise. Um but what was it like for yourself being there?
1: Yeah, I mean I i'm I absolutely agree with you, um, uh, Mike. I think, you know, I prefer I prefer to you know, when they, when when you unless we until we get in the crowds, which I think I, I think I think the, the attendances will increase. So you know, I do think after this summer with the Euros, I just think there'll be more interest in women's football than there is already now, and it's growing and growing. Um, and um, I think there'll be more media interest as well, which will um, again help. Uh, as we go forward, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I, I prefer, you know, I, I, when we when we played Watford away at Vicarage Road, I was disappointed. You know, I, I didn't want to go there. I've been there millions of times, I don't want to go at Vicarage Road. I want to go to that non-league ground where they play and and uh, be close to the action. You know, rather than being stuck in a major main major stadium. And although um uh the the New York Stadium is quite a small um stadium, you know in 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 is you know in terms of you know it's a championship stadium now of course because Rotherham went up so um it's quite it's you know it's quite small relatively but it's still too big for the crowd that was there and it was echoey and you know and you just felt you weren't close really to the action I mean we had a really good view um, from where we were but I just think um I just think, I, I, yeah, I prefer to, to play at the smaller grounds um, myself. But um, the playing surface and everything was perfect. You know, it was um, everything was everything was right for the game. But we just needed more people there to make it, you know, to make it to make it have an atmosphere of some kind, um, which was a shame because I think the players both of both teams actually deserve that. But then you're playing in a completely different place. You know, you're not even playing in Sheffield. Um, so Sheffield United fans would have had to have travelled to another you know, another, another grounds and uh, outside of Sheffield. So, um, and they, I think it's closer than Chesterfield where they normally play, but even so, you know, it's still not Sheffield. So yeah, I just think um, smaller grounds are, are better. You feel part of it. You feel close to the action. And you get a better atmosphere because, of course, you know you, you, you've got more people sort of closer together than spread out in a, ma- in a in a major stadium. So yeah, yeah. But it was um the it was a really nice stadium. The facilities and the the way we were treated was was brilliant. You know, all the stewards were really nice and they allowed us to put our flags up and you know and uh, they said that they looked amazing and stuff. You know, the flags. Um, and it was great. You know, I really wanted to get a photo with us um, and um, Neil Redfern at the end. Obviously, he used to play for Palace and uh, I remember him being a great player for us. He joined at the same time as Jeff Thomas. And I really wanted to get a photo at the end. But you, we were so far away, you know, up in the stand that it was just impossible to t- sort of try and arrange that, you know, which is a shame. Um, maybe next season, uh, who knows, but maybe next season at Hayes Lane. Um uh, if, Neil, if Neil Redfern's still their manager, then I'm sure he will be. He's done a good job there. So, yeah, I mean, um, I'm with you. Smaller grounds, really, at the moment until the crowds increase, which I think they will. But, um, yeah, you just get lost in a big stadium and the atmosphere suffers for it. And, you know, you, you know you need, you, you, if you're in a stadium that holds, I don't know what, it holds 17,000, you know, you, you need at least eight or 9,000 there to make it, you know, to make it a decent atmosphere, really. So, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was good. I mean it was uh, nice of Dean to come up and shake all our hands at the end. It was a really nice thing to do um, and uh, to take time out to do that you know when he's he's got a lot of other things to do at the end of a match and he's got the team and all the everyone else. Um, so for him to take the time to come up and do that was just something that really meant a lot to all of us. so you know that that was great and and um yeah, as I say it was a great performance should have won it really, I think on the chances. But uh, overall, you know, can't complain. I think it was, I thought they played well as well. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was really good.
0: You know, it's funny, it's very quickly, you mentioned about Neil Redfern. The second week, one of you mentioned about him. My my memory of Neil Redfern was him scoring for Barnsley in 1998, when we had the yeah, two yeah. promoted teams and we lost.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, like, one, you talk about yeah. Neil
0: Redfern. I know you also used to play for us. The last thing I think of is I want to meet near return because
1: he did that. <laughs> no, but... I remember that goal. It was a cracking goal. It and was, it, it was. It was our first home game that season, and we just signed Lombardo, and uh, yeah. apparently he got stuck in traffic on uh, Thornton Heath High Street, and he got to the ground literally ten minutes before the kick off, <laughs> and he just so um, yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to uh, South London, Atilio. you know, and then um, and then Neil Redfern scores a cracker from about thirty yards right in the top corner. I, mean, I remember it. Yeah, it's a midweek game. Yeah, I remember it like like it was yesterday.
0: But um, Colin, mentioned very quickly on, on the grounds, just I'll be curious. I'm not... I don't know how it is from the, from a playing perspective, but the, the thought that just popped into my mind as you're talking about it was at the moment, obviously, like this season, we played at Selhurst once. Uh, we did it a couple of seasons ago. Uh, Watford have played Vicarage Road twice this year. Bristol City have done one game at, at, at uh, Ashton Gate. I wonder if it changes the mindset at all because Haynes Lane's our home ground, which is where we play all our home games. That's how, And this season, it's been a real fortress for us. Um, for the first time we've really kind of had that there but I wonder what it's like for some teams if you then go to uh, the men's ground and I hate to use the term the men's ground but to, you know to that ground for one game but if it still has that same home feel about it or whether it's just you know been more of a, a one-off occasion and stuff is it that's are you benefiting from that home game just in the, the mentality of we are the home team or is it more of a neutral venue um, because technically it is, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a question for Dean, isn't it, really? Because, I mean, how how he and the players feel about playing at Celest. Um But you're right, you know, the, 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 the our home ground is Hayes Lane, so it is almost like a neutral venue, even though it's the home ground for the men's team, you know. Um, so, yeah, and I think um, it's a big stadium, isn't it? So you're going to, I suppose you're going to lose that, potentially lose that sort of. The, you know, the atmosphere, the atmosphere that you would get um, at Hayes Lane with everyone being a bit closer. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Dean says about that. But, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, that one-all draw against Sunderland at Sellers, you know, that was a game where we were really unlucky, actually. I think we hit the post twice. Um, and uh, although Sunderland did look a very good team, for a promoted team especially, they really adapted quickly to the championship. We should have won that, really, I thought. And um, uh, whether or not it would have been any different at Hayes Lane, who knows, you know, but... Um, but yeah, I think you know once a season, it's nice to play at Sellhurst really as well. You know, because I don't know if the players, you know, it, it's what they feel about it, but it, you know, is a it, it is a special stadium for, for Palace fans, isn't it, Sellhurst Park? And we've had all these memories there. So to start creating our own memories with the women's team is great really as well. So, but yeah, I, I, I mean, but you know, the, the bottom line for me until until attendances do start increasing. Which I think they start, they will start doing. I think it's better for us to be playing at Hayes Lane. I think we get more of an atmosphere there, and and also it's just down the road from where I live. I can walk there in ten minutes. So, yeah, you know, from a personal, selfish point of view as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know that's exactly that's the main reason. It's just so you can walk down the road, <laughs> and you don't even do that after times to come and pick you up. So <laughs> that's true. That's
1: true.
0: <laughs> um, now, obviously, Dean, I see that you're in here now. If you want to come on and have a chat please do um, put the request in. Uh, if not, I can move us on to looking at our away form and my collection of statistics that I've done that I can uh, bore everyone with for a little bit. Um, so, as I say, Dean, if you if you want to do it, feel free. Um, but if not, so obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at uh, our home form. Um, and I went through the stats for all four seasons since we'd come up uh, which hadn't included obviously the Watford game which ended up being another win so they improved our stats even more but um, in previous seasons obviously we had that near two year spell we hadn't won at home um, I don't think we we, we, didn't, well, we didn't win in the whole of the second season there uh, last season we, we picked things up but this season had been incredible at Hayes Lane um, and this time because obviously we've ended an away game um I kind of just wanted to have a look at our waveform this season. Because uh, in my head, I've kind of always felt our waveform in previous seasons is what's kind of carried us through because we found it ho- quite difficult at home. Um, and I was actually a bit surprised by some of the previous records. But again, this season um, has, has been our best season so far. Um, so kind of just looking at our stats. So, if you bear with me. Uh, so, in, in our first season up, two thousand eighteen nineteen, obviously, there's 11, um, 11 teams then, so we played the game than we did this season. Uh, we won just the once. Uh, we lost seven, and we drew two away from home. We scored seven, and we conceded 21. Uh, our biggest win was, the only win, which was 3-2 away to Leicester. Um, and when our biggest loss was 7-0 against Man United, it was just ridiculous that season. Their, their budget, their The way they brought it, the whole season for United was just ridiculous. Um, But obviously, that was our first season up. Um, And then... uh, Dean, welcome in. Is that because you're really bored of hearing me doing my stats about seasons? (laughs) Hello, Dean, you there? You have to press... In case you uh, aren't sure, you have to press the, the mic button in a corner to come on um for the time being i will crack on uh so then our second season 1920 uh oh, dean you there yeah can uh, you hear me to save, i can hear you is this to save everyone from my, me rambling on about waste? stats <laughs> how you doing i'm not bad yourself
2: yeah i'm good thank you all good
0: super super well thank you very much for coming on
2: no problem at all it's good to be on
0: at last um, I, uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely at last um, Well in that case I will pause my riveting away stats because I'm sure as much as everyone would love to hear me go on about them uh, It would be far more enjoyable to to chat to yourself um, So obviously what a season it has been um, you, know, you must be feeling absolutely on cloud nine right now
2: Yeah it's been a magnificent season um, to be honest it's it's been one that Obviously we we as coaches and staff and players fully expected, but to what heights as of joint third um is a little bit crazy to deal with at the moment. But do you know what? Obviously the staff and players deserve deserve it. I think we've played some some, some really good football this season. And and yeah, I'm just a little bit gutted that it ended so quickly, to be honest.
0: Yeah, we were we were saying that at the start. It's so you know now that it's over, it kind of you know it's because we've had such a great season. You, you just don't want it to end, especially with the run that we've been on in the last four games as well. Four unbeaten, three wins in a row. Um, yeah, it's just kind of gutting that it, that's it.
2: Yeah, so we have to wait till next year, mate. But um, no, listen, we've had we've had a great season. Um, we kind of planned it to try and to try and work it out this way. We've had we've progressed really well. Um, obviously, at the start of the season, we we we, we set our targets, etc. And I don't know if you know that. Obviously, Lee Nichol said them targets out on social media the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. We all we all sat down in the classroom, obviously on day one of pre-season. and we asked every girl to put their uh their t- their points target up, um, which was quite good because we had some stupid ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think as it as as it all. As we all collated them all, I think we, got, we had the average was around about 37 points. And that's exactly what we got. So yeah, it's a little bit it was a little bit unreal, really, to, to finish on 37 points. Um obviously as a management group, we set our own targets. Um obviously uh, the main target is to go and win the league. Do you know what I mean? But obviously the situation we're in, um, with with the likes of Liverpool, etc., in, in in the league, it's gonna be difficult to obviously go and win the league straight away. Um But yeah, we set a target, set a target, have ended up in the top five. So coming joint, well, coming fourth, joint third, wherever you want to take it, I'm absolutely over the moon with it, to be quite honest.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and it's incredible as well. Because obviously, I I remember Phil and I chatted to Lee after the Durham game, and she mentioned then about the points target. Obviously, from a fan's perspective, we were kind of aiming a lot lower um, just because, you know, well, we, we don't see what's going on behind the scenes, but just kind Ooh, of yeah. looking at our, our natural progression. You know, the first season, we had 11 points, uh, very different circumstances, obviously. Second season was um, 16, I think, after, but the points per game put it there. And then, obviously, last year, we set our record with 20. So, kind of going by that record, you know, you start looking at if we can get to 30, perhaps. But to go up to 37, um, and when you look at a couple of the games, you think of, um, you know, We were two 0 up away to Watford, yeah. um, But the late goal, and you think of you know the Coventry game. It uh, the red card changed that game, and then their one of their only attacks got the goal. There's there's a few other good bits as well. You know, there's other points there that we were probably unlucky to not get that we could have even breached the forty point mark. To make that jump um, is incredible. and Was well beyond that, you know, our dreams as, as fans.
2: Yeah, like, like I say, we, we we set our own targets, but obviously one of the main things was um, we kind of changed. We, we had a new ph- philosophy this season. Obviously, bringing in James, who is a fantastic coach, um, probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the league. Um, he's got so many ideas, and obviously I've got a good relationship with him as well as all the other staff as well. So it's enabled us to bounce ideas off each other. Um, so obviously we set out a new philosophy. Um, Because we wanted to, we wanted to get a new identity. To be fair, Um, and I know some some supporters weren't on on board with us to start with when we were playing out the back and trying to play through the lines, etc., etc. But I think I think we did say that that it's going to take time, um, and there will be mistakes, and there was mistakes, um, but it it, it was all about us learning from the mistakes. and I think towards towards the middle part of the season, towards I'd say towards Christmas, um, when we started to win the games, I thought we started to get really we, we started to get better at it. Um, hence, hence the results started to come. Um, but yeah, I think that that's 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 a massive plus for us. Um, it, it, it is the way we we started when um, we changed. We wanted to change the we wanted to change the way we play, um, and I think I think that helps. And I think now um, finishing off Sunday, I thought Sunday we played really well. Um, I thought we passed the ball really well. Build-up play was fantastic, um, and I thought we really got of Sheffield. Um, I think the only disappointment for us, for me, and the staff and James as well, was a little bit in the final third, um, where we could have we could have got more shots off. We could have had a couple more goals. But but yeah, we've changed it around, and it seemed it, it, it took time, and it seemed it, it seemed to work.
0: I wanted to take you back to just to the beginning of the season, if you don't mind. Um, Obviously, four years ago, three weeks before the season starts, we're preparing for the third tier, and then you guys get you know get moved up, um, and you have kind of got to, to suddenly deal with preparing for the championship. Yeah. Moving up, you know. Then fast forward to this summer, um, the last couple of years we've really seen, from a fan's perspective, the the squad progression. We've kept the core players from last season who had been excellent for us last season. The recruitment we did the summer was fantastic um but obviously we then made the move to four training sessions a week those being held at the academy um as you say, james come in um we've heard before about all the work that you guys have put into to to build up the setting behind the scenes how beneficial for you this season and how much of a breath of fresh air has it been how we've what you've had to prepare to go into this season compared to previous seasons
2: um, well, like, like you say, that when we first obviously got invited into the championship, it was it was difficult. I think I've said this many times because obviously we were preparing for obviously the national league, um, and then to get shoved in literally four weeks before um, the championship kicked off, it was it was difficult because we obviously we had no disrespect. We was um, building for champ for national league with, with national league players, um, but that was again that that seems like many moons ago now. Um, but again, a, ma- a major thing for us was moving into the facility over at obviously Beckenham, the academy. Um, as an, we'd has to go four times a week, um, and although still part time, um, and it, yes, it does take a lot out of the players. It takes a lot out of the staff because obviously we still got full time jobs to go to. Um, but I think that just shows that just shows the mindset of the group um, and the mindset of 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 of, of my support staff, and um, because it is it is hard at times having a full day at work and then having to quickly get home, put your stuff on and then get back into the car to drive over to Beckenham to get, to get another three hour session in. Um, but again, like I say, it's, it's worked for us. Um, hopefully things change in the summer. Um, but yeah, it, it all boils down to the players' mindsets. Um, as you well know, we've got some fantastic characters in the group and to manage these is, is, is quite easy really because I think they manage themselves. Um, they've got strong characters and they've got very, very high standards. Um, and The togetherness in the team is is something that I've never, <clears throat> sorry, I've never seen since I've been at Palace. Um, it's 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 amazing to be quite honest. So so yeah, it's it's been a good journey, um, and hopefully, the process continues. Well,
0: we we said because you write about with the characters, we said countless times on here um, this season that the players there's no there's no quitting them that they never know when. And I, I was writing a review season review today and I've said it a few times in that that they never know when the game is done so like I remember the London City game you know it's we're 5-1 down it's the 90th minute and we were still playing like it was 1-0 and we can grab an equaliser yeah um, and you see that every game with the players it's there's always you know sometimes games don't go the way you want them to go the performance just sometimes isn't there that's that's football but the the lot of players we've got there we've always seen as fans you see you know that you're always getting 110 percent all the time. That they don't stop going. That they don't give in. They don't give up. It's it's fantastic to see because as a fan, as you know yourself, with you know supporting the men's team for years, that's what you, that's what you want from your team, isn't it? You just want to see your players go out there and spend 90 minutes giving it everything in the shirt. And what will be will be at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, um, and I think Mike, that's something I look for. And us us as as Coaching staff and staff—that's what we look for when we, when we recruit players. Um, that's a that's a big thing for me, regardless of if whoever the name is or whether you've played hundred and fifty games in the WCL, whatever. That doesn't bother me. It has to be a trait where you're willing to fight, fight for the club. Um, obviously, being a supporter like like you say since the age of nine, um, I know what it's like to be a valley support all the ups and downs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but um, we always we always seem to have a team that wants to fight to the end, and I think that's a really important trait to have. Um, and like you say, I think all, all all the players this season have had that. Um, again, that, that boils down to their mindset and their character. Um, if they know what the manager and the staff want, um, anything below that, they, they'll drop their standards. And like I say, they set very high standards for themselves. And they don't they don't want to drop them. So for me, it, it's it's really really important above anything else. Playing styles um, is that we have that trait that if you're going to come and play for Palace. You have to, you have to fight, and you have to wear the badge with pride.
0: Absolutely, and you know, as as I say, as fans, that's what you want to hear, isn't it? That's, uh, and I think it, it it shows in the team because this season, probably more than any other, it's it's been spread out amongst the team, the goals, the performances. You know, in previous seasons, like last year, for a large chunk of the season, you know, we were kind of relying on B scoring. Um, we had Shurel and, and Coral were chipping in as well, but you, in previous seasons, you know, you've kind of had the one or two, but this year it's been spread around, as you said. Like, if you, at, at different points in the season, if you were asked, oh, who's your player of the season up until now, it kept changing because it was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's honestly, like, the, the start of it, a few games in, you're thinking, Kirsty Barton, it's still on fire. I'll give it to her now. And then all of a sudden, a few months, about two months later, you're like, Shiv, Shiv has been absolutely phenomenal. Then Millie kicked in, and then, you know, Coral, all season, the consistency she has, she's doing it. And then Molly's really come on in the last few months. And it's it's, it's changed all the time. And I, I did one of these a few weeks ago where I looked at goals amongst the teams. Mm-hmm. And other than, you know, Liverpool, because I mean, it's just Liverpool, isn't it? They had, other than them and Bristol City, I think no one else had more, so many players and a higher amount of goals than what we did. yeah you know, as we went into Sunday, we had, well, we finished the season with four players on five goals. No mm-hmm. other team had done that. They've got Abby Harrison with, you know, nearly 20 goals and, um to from Kirk has got a host on their own. You know, they had like one or two players who had a higher amount but our squad, I mean, you know, Kirsty had four, B had three, Sophie McLean, and we had goals everywhere and I think it's been, it's shown all season that when perhaps it's one day is not working for one or the other, someone then picks up that and and takes it with them themselves and it's been, for fans, a fan's view, a key part in, why we've been so successful this year?
2: Yeah, I think it also boils down to Mike, is the way we play in our formations. Do you know what I mean? We've yeah, we've been quite good in adapting to different styles. of playing different formations in in games. You've you've often seen us change formation in a game, um, which allows different certain, different people or certain people to get on the ball more and obviously attack more. I do I do class as an attacking team. I think we play some good some good stuff. Um, so yeah, it's. I know I've, I've been called the tinker man for some reason. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> apparently by someone um, in the league. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just about being adaptable, really. Do you know what I mean? It, I don't. It's not for us. It's not about some some other club knowing which way we play because they can analyse that and 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 go about their own business. But if we keep if we if we're adaptable in games, um, then it, it makes it a little bit difficult for them to suss up what we're trying to do. So in that sense. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not about moving players around in different positions. It's more about being adaptable to certain situations in games, which allows different people to get on the ball, and obviously, that, which then helps different goal scorers. So, but I'm not. I'm not one of these managers who like to have just one central, one central goal scorer because if that person was to get injured, etc., then where's your goals going to come from? So, it's something that we work. We work quite well on the pitch, and obviously, James. James does a lot of work on that. Um, along with Mike, the forwards coach so so yeah, it's, it's a good thing so hopefully again, like I say, we can carry that that on next season
0: um, in, in previous seasons, we've it's probably been quite patchy we, we'll get a win, we'll get a draw it'll be a couple of defeats um, this year so we went into the Christmas break and we were on a seven game unbeaten run we had uh, three wins in a row at that time For yourself Going into that break I think we were up in Third or fourth At that time How For yourself How was it, for, how did it feel, You know Having With the hard work Coming off And and getting that run together Going into that period On such a positive note Probably compared to Previous seasons
2: I just To be honest I didn't want it I didn't want it to stop um, Because we have been on Such a good run And The momentum kind of breaks Every time we have A, a couple of good results so We'd have a week off here Or two weeks there and that momentum seems to go. Um, so obviously, having that that five or six games um, unbeaten run, and then obviously going into Christmas, it's like, oh, do we really need to have Christmas uh, because we're doing so well? Um, and it was, it, it was quite a pivotal part of the season for us, really, because, like you say, leading up pre-Christmas we were doing really well, and then come off the other side of Christmas, we had Durham, which I think was our first game back, if, if, if I'm right.
0: Yeah, um, Sunderland was postponed.
2: Yeah so, yeah, so we had a good result. I thought, OK, we're not doing too bad. We had a two-week break, so we're back into Durham and then, bang, here comes Liverpool and we had a couple of harder games um, because it's, to come back from Christmas, then, I think them three games after Christmas were, were, were really hard fixtures on paper. Um, so to have that have that break, it's like, what what are we going to come back like? Because the, moment, the moment, momentum are totally gone. Um, so in training, we tried to obviously buzz the girls up to try and get it back. And then obviously the good win against Durham away helped us. Um, and then obviously the tough games came against obviously obviously Liverpool, um, which again was is, is a really tough game. Um, they're, they're champions for a reason. But I didn't, again, we, we didn't feel we'd done ourselves justice in that game. And then, and then yeah, you always have, to, I think you always have dips in seasons. And I think just after Christmas, after the Durham game, that's when the dip came um, for us. We lost a little bit of momentum, like I say, and it, and, it, and, it, and it was tough. But one of the bugbears of obviously the championship is, is the amount of time that the players have off. Um, it's, it's unnecessary. I think we need more teams in the league, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I no doubt we will speak about that. But the break, the breaks really kill us because we seem to build have, a, have, a, have, a, have a such a good points tally. All of a sudden, we have a break and we come back, and it's trying to build the players back up again to go again. If, 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 if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it always seems to be the second half of the season. Seems we come out of Christmas, and then it seems at times that you go weeks at a time without a game. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's because maybe the the, the Conti Cup, which I have my own personal opinion on, but whether that <laughs> kind of fills it in a bit in the in the first half. But yeah, it's like they chuck a load of games in at the start, and then think, uh, you know, pad it, space it out in the second half of the season at the time when you want to be playing. Um, and you're right, we definitely need more teams. I
2: yeah. kind of I think, um, it's the nat- obviously, the national team breaks as well. Do you know what I mean? The training camps, yeah. they're, they're chucked in. So, again, that's, that doesn't help. But it, we, we have to learn to live with it, I suppose. Um,
0: I, can't, I wanted to point out, I feel there's been a couple of points this season. There's been key games where it's changed one way or the other. I, I felt the Durham home game was a massive game that season. Because up until that point, we'd started brightly... Um, we hadn't lost at home we had a, a win and a draw we'd lost a couple away from home but narrowly and they were against London, Sydney and Liverpool so two, the, what, the two top teams in the league in the end both yeah. of them narrow 2-1 defeats but we went into the Durham game and you could see building up to that that there was something there this season something special that was going on there and it, the Durham game was where it felt like it clicked we beat them 3-1 we then beat Charlton for the first time 3-2 the following week and then we got to Blackburn and we had a month where we won Three out of three, uh, which carried on that run after the Sheffield United draw, so that, we're then going into Christmas um, on that street. And I thought that was a, a big one. And obviously, you say then the Liverpool game at home, because um, we just be having just beaten Durham the week before away. Yeah, um, we you know we were going into that thinking, Do you know, what? it's going to be an immensely tough game, but this this team, we can we can go and pull off a result against them, and they were they were just immense that day from the very first moment. Their throw-ins were just. Uh, unbelievable. And we had that little patch, and we, as you say, we had in three of the four games were heavy defeats, um, which I suppose was what was probably caught us off guard. And I know where Phil and I are in the fans collective, a lot of fa- the, the other fans from other teams in there were, were quite surprised as well because up until that point, we'd been, um, let say, we, we were narrow defeats against London City and Liverpool before, and we'd beaten Bristol City. But we had that kind of spell with those, those games. And for me, the next kind of key moment was probably Sunderland away, uh, yeah. where we we changed and correct me if I'm wrong, but we changed the formation. Yeah. Um, this fight went to the five-three-two because the four-three-three had been well, had been destroying a lot of teams offensively, um, but the, those those kind of heavy defeats had probably been showed the, the exposure of it a little bit. And we switched to the five-three-two, and that Sunderland game was a was a grind, but. A, a really key performance that kind of kicked us back on for the rest of the season, um, and I just kind of wondered, for all of what me waffling on, but like for yourselves, what it was like getting through those those heavy games for a couple of weeks and re- reshaping it to the the formation to kind of get ourselves more defensively solid and, and going again.
2: Yeah, we kind of got like, obviously the Liverpool game. We kind kind of got brought back down to earth a little bit because we all we all thought staff that it was a game that we could go and win. Um, obviously, speaking to Matt Beard as well. He, he he wasn't looking forward to it because of the run we'd been on. Um and we fully we fully thought we'd go out and obviously we could actually go and win the game, if not get, get something out of the game, even a draw. So to to get to get beaten the way we did, obviously they'd signed a couple of players, like you say, the long throw kind of caught us a little bit off guard. Um we wasn't we wasn't at our best, I think. Um I think that's in the change and we gave them far too much respect at times. Um but they're champions, you know, I mean that, that, that that's what champions do. Um and obviously we we, we, we we try and learn by that. And then obviously the, the London City game. Again, we shipped, I think it was five, I think it was five, five goals. And we obviously we we, we had one reply. Um, and then after that it was kind of we we went and sat down and thought, oh, we need to stop leaking goals if we've got because we've still got a chance of finishing quite well. Um and that was it. We thought we decided to change the shape. Um and obviously going to going to Sunderland, obviously you saw that. Uh, we needed to be a lot more tight, a lot more packed. Um, and we needed to get back, we need to get back to what we're good at and that's getting at teams. Um, and 3 5 two allowed us to do that, but it also allowed us to be obviously uh, more, more compact and safe defensively. Um, so that was the reason, obviously the reasoning behind that. And to actually go to Sunderland, which is, which is not an easy place to go to, by the way, um, and, and, and get that win. Um, it was kind of a, a big boost for us as a club and as a team. Um, and like you say, I think that, again, that, that that was the start of us really playing well. Again, um, I think since then we've played 3-5-2 for the last six games. We've won, I think it was 1-4, lost one and drawn one. So it just shows you how, how adaptable the girls can be, in obviously in different situations, which is, again, which is a massive plus for us.
0: Yeah, it was um, just a... Do a correction because you corrected me on my formation last week. <laughs> it, was, it was two. We lost two. We, oh, we, we, we beat Sunderland. And then we had the Coventry game, which, as I say, was an absolute travesty of football because they, they did nothing for 90 minutes and beat us 1-0. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Lewis and they beat us two. We had, the, we had two back-to-back red cards. So we lost to Coventry and Lewis. And then we went, went to Charlton, beat the Clowns, 1-0. Um, and then it was back to back homes against Blackburn and Watford wins. Obviously, in the draw, so it, you could see it. You could see um, it was that once, from as the formation started to kind of bed in, um, I think we've seen by the end of the season how well it's worked. Yeah, um, I, I personally love to up front um, as much as it was great watching us play with the, with the free.
2: So does Molly
0: friend, and Millie. Yeah, m and Goddamn m and I need to brand that somehow. But um, yeah, them because you could see it. I thought Molly grew as the season went on. You could see she made that formation work because she, the way that she plays, she gave us that option up front, creating the, the channels, um, holding up the ball, winning the ball, beating the player when she got it. And the energy and the drive of Millie the two of them just complement each other fantastically. But I, I love two up front because I always find, and I've always said it with the men's team as well, that whenever we play one up front, if you haven't got Didier Drogba, you isolate a striker sometimes immensely. Yeah. So it's harder for a striker to score a load of goals because the work you have to do is higher. That's me personally. So I've love seeing two up front. Um, and I, I honestly think, I don't know about yourself, but I, I felt it probably caught some teams out because... Yeah you don't often play against two strikers anymore. So we we had a defensive formation in the sense of three centre-backs and wing-backs, but honestly, you've got two strikers. So yeah. normally you then think you've got to deal with one. So I I felt personally that that probably caught a lot of teams out. And so the the two up top together, I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say through this season has been some of your kind of
2: highlights, your key highlights
0: of the season for you? Um,
2: I've got I was thinking about this today actually. Um the key highlights for me obviously are, are the good ones are obviously doing the doubles over obviously Durham and Chelten. Um because that's something that we've never we've never done um since being in the championship. Um especially obviously Chelton. We've never beat Charlton um in, in, in the championship, which is good for me um as being a Palace fan. Um but but yeah, I think I think one of the worst disappointment, not worse, one of the disappointments was obviously Bridgewater away in the FA Cup. Um, because I thought we could have done well this season in the FA Cup. Um, and obviously, travelling away to Bridgewater was a was a massive disappointment um, for us as a football club. Um, it also gave us a chance to put a few coppers back in the pot, so to speak. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, the most pleasing thing is the amount of wins we've had. Um, and I'm sure, it, I mean, I'm sure it's for the fans as well because obviously we haven't been used to uh, winning so many games <laughs> at, uh, at home. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think the wins are the most amazing thing, regardless of how they've come. Um, it's it, it's been it's been good for me um, sitting back and watching them, obviously on the computer when we're analysing stuff. It's sit back to say that that that's that's the team we've created. Um, looked from where we was to where we are now, it's just a totally massive, totally different different animal. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm I'm really pleased, and like I say, that hopefully the process continues in in that vein.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're right. As a fan, you know, that winning feeling is fantastic. Though it, I've it, always been one of those people where losing a weekend and that bugs up your weekend and half the week, yeah. and, you know, you start thinking, oh, we need to win the next game. You start thinking about it and it has been tough since we come up because it's a tough league and the situation when we came up, it has been difficult because, I mean, that first season. When I when I look back through the results to do my stats and stuff, you think, geez. <laughs> <That's>, you know, <laughs> The, the the unbalance the, the imbalance of that league that season was just ridiculous. Yeah, um, you know, and for a couple of seasons I think now it's settled down. But for the first season or two, it was just mad, and you were getting ridiculous results. But um, you know, it is to, to go out this season and winning games and the way we've played has been fantastic, and the goals and we've won some, tons of you know absolute crackers as well. I don't know if there's been like a personal goal of the season competition going on, but everyone seems to have entered it. You know, we don't we don't just score tapins. You know, there's some absolute fantastic goals this season, yeah. and and it yeah. is fun because you want you want to get a glow. And as a fan, you, you go and yeah. see other fans, and and it is nice. I so said we're in the collective, and we can be in there being all you know cocky <laughs> because you know the, the team you believe in the, the team and what it's doing, and and it, and it has been from a fan's perspective what yourself and all the staff and all the players have, have done for us as fans this season has just been. Absolutely fantastic, and it's gonna, it's, it's a season that's gonna live in the memory for a long time, um, without a doubt, you know. Um, Phil, I want to bring yourself in because I've got no doubt that uh, you've got some burning questions for for the gaffer. Uh, if you've got the space, I don't know if with your fence that he used to bring with you to a lot of these, <laughs> those predictions,
1: <laughs> you know, just to just to just to answer that. Uh, I think I said a draw for one game and I've been told that I sit on the fence. All it's the about three games, it's
2: about three games.
1: <laughs> oh, wasn't it? Oh, I'm not very good at counting, obviously. But, um, oh, Dean, first of all, I just want to congratulate you for on a brilliant season and say thank you from, I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of all the fans, really, for giving us, honestly, a season that we will never, ever forget. It's just been an absolute privilege to watch your team play. And, you know, the way that they've... Um, the way they've played th- this season, and uh, the way they've learned and and progressed, and um, you know, because there have been some knocks, you know, they've taken a few knocks, but they bounce back. And 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 like you said earlier, the team never ever give up. They fight for that shirt, don't they? And th- they're a real credit. And so I just wanted to first of all just say thank you because it has been absolutely brilliant. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it, even the defeat, You know, the the, the way that we've that we've managed to sort of keep going and we've we've never ever um stopped trying to play football and we are a very entertaining team to watch as well so thank you for all of those things um i just wondered the one game that is that's always sort of um the, the second half of that lewis game at home when we were 1 nil down at half time I just wondered if you said anything specifically um, during the during the time break because you, you the team came out in the second half and absolutely were just on fire. <laughs> did you are you you're the sort of manager that would give them a rocket or are you calm and you just sort of try and get them to just concentrate on what the things that they need to do? How, how, what did you do at halftime in that game because think, second half was incredible?
2: I think I'm um, I think I'm a bit of both to be quite honest. I can give a rollicking when a rollicking's deserved. Um, most important, if you get a, I've, I've kind of learned myself as well, since obviously having James in as well, who I can bounce off really well. Um, we have kind of, we have good team talks. Um, he goes through some t- t- technical stuff, some technical stuff. I, I, I do a bit of chat with the girls just to get, get them motivated and stuff. Um, but like I say, if, if it's needed, I'll do it. Um, I haven't done that so much this season. Um, I have done quite a lot in the past, um, but not, I've kind of learned my lessons to be to be a bit more placid in, in the way I approach things. Um, and we were, you're right, we was awful the first forty five minutes of that game. Um, so it was it was a case of us um, just getting back getting back to our best, really, and obviously not putting not letting the fans down because our fans are mo are one of the most important things to us as a football club. Um, and if we let fans down, they won't come back to watch us, um, and the, and the players know that. Um, especially, especially, obviously, the Law Lock um, with the flags behind the goal. Obviously, yourselves. Um, it's 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 an important part of our football club. Um, and to go out and play like we did in the first half was unacceptable. Um, and like I say, these girls, these girls manage themselves. They got high standards. And then to go out in the second half and produce the football they they did in the second half was was unreal to be fair. Um, and that's something that they've got they've got in their locker um so yeah it's a little bit of a rollicking but there's also a little bit of motivation needs to be at times just to um just to make just to keep on the straight and narrow
1: yeah i mean it was an incredible second half performance and um but we've been we've been so good all season really the way we played i think you're right though i think that liverpool game it just sort of they, they started so well we never really got out of the traps did we I mean they just the last the first 15 minutes they were just bombarding us with these long throws and corners and things it was just really really difficult and 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 it didn't help also that the men were playing at the same time so our support wasn't as it would have been and I think you know we lost a little bit of home advantage there a little bit as well which you know I don't know if if that makes a difference to the players when you know if if we've got a lot of support behind that goal um whether or not that really sort of makes a difference or not do you have a view on that?
2: Yeah, it makes makes a hell of a difference. oh, I, I, I was literally again. I was thinking today about the the opening game when we played Bristol, um, when we had a very good crowd there. Uh, the noise was you you can just feed off the noise. Do you know what I mean? What you guys make, um, and you are literally. I know it's a cliche, but you are literally a, tw- a 12th man. Um, so walking out to obviously a much bigger crowd, crowd to to a less one, it, it does make a, it does make a massive difference. Um, so again, I. I I'd like to say thank you to you guys for obviously turning up week in, week out. And that's not just to the law, that's to every fan that's come through the turnstiles and and even to obviously the northeast guys when we played up at Durham and Sunderland um, because it makes a hell of a lot of difference for us um, knowing that we can turn up anywhere and there's a Palace shirt in the crowd cheering us on. So again, I'd like to thank you all for that and especially for things like this tonight, the podcast which puts us out there um, and keeps keeps driving it on social media, etc, etc um it, it, it's really good for us and we and we really appreciate it
1: oh thanks dean and just one well two last questions for me and then i'll pass you back to mike but um and thanks so much for spending the time talking to us so appreciated as well yeah, um you. i um, I just um, wondered if you, um, if there's a manager, another manager in women's football that you really respected or thought thought you know thought highly of, and more you know, and I'm sure there's more than one, but if there's one standout, and also is there an opposition player this season that you thought was you know somebody who could possibly make a you know make a real difference in in the in the women's Super League? Is there is there a player that you've you've watched against us that's really stood out and you thought, wow, that player's you know. Could step up and be in the Super League easily um, from another team. That is, of course, as well. Just, just a couple of general football questions. I, I don't know if you're able to answer those or
2: not. You kind of put me on the spot now. <laughs> 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 um, manager, manager-wise, um, uh, no, not, not not really. To be honest, it's, I just like to get on with my own my own job. Keep keep me head down and be quiet. I don't really. Um, I don't really look out for any anything like that to be quite honest, because it's, it's, it's a tough enough job as it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, player wise, how do uh, play player wise? Again, put me on the spot, mate. Can I come back to it? Let me think.
1: Yeah, do you know the player that uh, the player that really stood out for me, just an all-round game and just looked absolutely outstanding, was Abby Harrison at Bristol City. She scored twice against us up there um in the away game and um but her all round play she's so physically strong at holding the ball up and she's quick and she obviously scores goals because she scores I think 19 i think she got this season so abby harrison was the one that really stood out for me but there's been um it's been a few players that i've just because I've, I've just really enjoy watching women's, women's football so i try and pr- appreciate players from all over really and i really like lauren briggs of durham as well i think she's a really good left side player and um obviously liverpool have got some outstanding players haven't they but um i'm sorry i think
2: every i think every team's got standout players haven't they um, but you say he- Heppel. Heppel would be a standout player for Durham. Um, I think Kiernan for Liverpool has been as an excellent season as well, um, scoring goals, um, which has made a massive difference for obviously for them. Um, I tell you one player I do like. Um, I think will do really well in the double cell, and that's the that's the four, that's the fullback for Liverpool. So I forgot her name now. Taylor Hines. I think she's outstanding. Yeah. um yeah. Scored some score some good goals as well from left back or left wing back. Um, So I think she's someone who who would do really well, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, she is an outstanding player as well. Um, mm. I, I really like the two Coventry goalkeepers as well. It's incredible that a team that's near the that's near the bottom of the league. I know they had a the ten point deduction, but even without that, they were near the bottom of the league. Um, and they've got, I think they've got two outstanding goalkeepers at Coventry as well. And you would even, I, I would even wonder which one should be picked sometimes because they're both so good. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting when you look across some of the teams and um, uh, you know what, what what they've got available and. Um, but we've got a fantastic squad of players as well. We've got some real standout players, and um, and the squad in every everyone has made a real contribution this season. So um, yeah, that's all for me, Dean. I just want to say thanks again for an unbelievable season. Um, uh, we really do appreciate it. When the players and you come over at the end of the games as well, it just you know it's fantastic. It really is. It, we are. I think we are sort of all together in this, and and. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we we kick every ball with you, really. So, um, thanks again for from an, an outstanding season. You've done a brilliant job. Eighteen years at Palace. Wow. I mean, you are like I said earlier. I don't think you were listening in at the time, but you are Mister Crystal Palace Women. You know, so you are the, you are the main man there, and you've done a brilliant job. Thanks so much.
2: Lovely. Thank you, Phil. Cheers. Appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Cheers, for that, Phil. So I've got. Typically, I've got uh, put my mic on. I've got a catfight fight going on on yeah. Cat flap behind me. (laughs) Always a professional on this show. Um, Gav, a couple of things wouldn't mind if you don't mind me asking. Um, First is kind of going back to the topic we were talking about before you came in uh, in regards to grounds. Um, Obviously, we played at Selhurst this season against Sunderland. Uh, We did it the first season up against Charlton uh, on the last day. Um, For yourself, obviously, putting aside being a Palace fan all your life and so. Being in the manager dugout, I'd imagine must, have been, must be phenomenal at Sellers. But putting that aside, at this moment in time, with the, the crowd size and stuff, would you do you prefer how it is being at Hayes Lane or would you rather be in uh, those kind of grounds?
2: Well, I, I prefer Hayes Lane, if I'm totally honest. I think it, obviously it's, it's, it's nice to go and play um, at, at the men's ground at Sellers. Um But it, for me, um, this season, it was more of an occasion. Um, and obviously building, building, like you say, of the fortress that Bromley, like we did this season, um, it makes a hell of a lot of difference when you go, when you go and play somewhere else that you're not used to. Um, We we didn't train there. We just went there and played on the Sunday. Um, So although it's a nice occasion to go and play, um, not playing there week in, week out, it kind of makes it a little bit weird, a bit odd. It's like an away game. Um, So me, playing in an empty stadium where Bromley's quite tight um, and we've got about four or five hundred fans and there does, like I say, the noise does make a difference. Um, but I don't want it to be disrespectful. But it's just, it's more of an occasion than it is, do you know what I mean? The willingness to play there every 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 week. Um, if that was to happen and we did play there every week, then I'll probably be saying something totally different. But once, once, once a season... Um, yeah, it is more of an occasion in that sense when we, when we do it that way around.
0: Yeah, I mean, Phil and I, we've been in total agreement on that all season. We, we think exactly the same. It's, it's nice for the novelty element for, you know, and um, it, it, it could bring in a bit of a bigger crowd for that one game to then hopefully try and keep those fans. But, what we prefer at Hayes Lane and it has really become our home and, you know, all we need now is uh, the, the club's name on the bloody sign out the front would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it, it does have that home feel to it and it does feel like, you know, it's still at the moment, oh, it's, still, it's the men's ground, it's the men's ground. You go there and it's effectively almost, it's no different to being anywhere else because there's nothing to do with our team there other than yeah. the, um, the, the building at the beginning. And even then, that's out of date, it's still got Dre and Freya on it.
2: The um, thing is, it also lifts my other teams as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, and it's I think I think you have to pick and choose the games when you got when you go and play at them kind of venues um, because it's it, it is a game changer for both teams, not just not just the home team. Um, and again, that's something we talked about. Obviously, when when, when we was told we was going to be playing at Sellers. Um but yeah, listen, it's it's nice to play there. I'm not saying it's not nice to play there, but if we was to play every week, it, it'd be a lot easier. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, so, so yeah, Bromley's our home pitch. It has been for the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years. We've been we've, we've been playing there. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 our home. At the end of the day, um, that's that's where we play home games. That's where that's where we're known to play, and we 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 try to make it as difficult as we can for teams that come comes to Lane. Totally different if you're playing at Sellers because obviously, them teams are now play the away teams are now going to come and play at a, a, a Premier League ground. Um, so they're up for it they're buzzed
0: for it and it makes it kind of makes games a little bit harder at times Yeah I mean I, I, for a person as well I, I love being on the terrace behind the goal with all the flags and everything I think for that it's kind of you, you'd lose that a little bit you know and that yeah. in the moment we, when Millie scored her second against Charlton that whole in this corner the celebration and everything it's something of about that moment it was just phenomenal you know and I, 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 that's what I love about getting the play at somewhere like Hayes Lane um just so one other thing I wanted to ask you. I don't want to take up all your evening. That's um, Obviously, we're now going into the summer. Every yeah. season, the way it is in football, there's a reasonably high turnover in squad in terms of outgoings uh, and incomings. Um, obviously, as, as a Tinker man, I'd imagine you've got <laughs> another 20 or players you want in so that you can change the game, team every game. Even though... Even though all the stats—it's it's mad that comment because all the stats prove that we've been anything but that this season with how many games each players played. But nevertheless, um, just for yourself, obviously, I'm not asking for transfer insight or anything. I, you know, I wouldn't do that. Feel free to message me in private. <laughs> but um, just for yourself, and what is it like, obviously, now going into the summer, kind of in the process of, of squad building um, in, in the women's game?
2: Yes. Um, it... I had this conversation again the other day. It's a nice thing, but it's also uh, a terrible thing because obviously there's 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 players that potentially won't come. Obviously, be leaving Palace, and but on the other hand, there's potentially players that will be joining Palace. Um, So our our, obviously our job never stops. And other players go away and rest and go on holiday. Um, For us as staff, we we have to stay and obviously get this work done. Um, The prep we've been doing we've doing for the last three weeks already. So that's well underway. Um, but again, we're in a position where we don't know at the moment what's happening, obviously, schedule-wise for us next year. Um, I do believe it's with, obviously, Steve Parrish and the board. So obviously, once we once a decision's been made, obviously, it makes it a lot easier for us to to carry on um, with the plans. Um, so, so yeah, we're in a little bit of a predicament at the moment. But like I say, soon, as soon as we get to know what, where we stand um and and what we're gonna be doing next season it it will make it a lot easier for us to obviously to plan and move forward and move forward um but like you say there has been a massive turnover of players um throughout the years not just anywhere else but at Palace also I do I, I get that um but that's I think that's part of football that's part of our progress and our pathway to where we are now um I do like to think that, obviously, we, we, we are quite loyal to our players, Well I'm a loyal person to our players. Um, and we do like to keep the core of players. Um, but again, whatever happens this year, um, there may be players we can't commit because, of obviously, we may we may change our schedule, as in training-wise. Um, and there may be players that, obviously, prefer to stay at work than they do to, obviously, play football, Um Again, it all depends on what what's what's going to happen in that sense. So I can't really obviously answer that question fully because we don't know what's happening yet. Um, hopefully, the decision's made this week, and then obviously I can I can let loose of a little bit more information. But at the moment, that's where we're at.
0: No, I appreciate that, and I think do you know what I think over the last like, few seasons, the the high turnover as such as is, is it's been necessary. Um, because obviously, you know, when you look at the team we came up with, as you say, it was it was built for the, the National League. Um, yeah. And we have had to make changes. And there are players, I know there's some people, some of the loyal who mentioned past players and they'd love them back and stuff. But reality is, is there's a reason those players went. And there's a reason, yeah. as often happens with, with Palace from the men and women, there's a reason why they, they're down in lower leagues now. And it, it needs to happen. But as you say, we've kept, the last three seasons, we've really kept the core of what's, um been strong about the team, which is how this year we've had three players reach fifty appearances. Um Shiv's only about two off of that now, I think. Um and that has been the foundations of what we've seen, you know, grow as a team with all the work that's been put in. So um, you know, obviously we look forward to seeing whatever happens this summer. Um and, and where it can get us next season. Um perhaps it's this- Kind of ran off a bit of a random question, but obviously we're doing. We started doing these pods. Um, the, they had the articles and stuff as well. But is there anything you want to ask us, or to suggest to us, or anything about these shows that you think um could be improved, or, or that you want to know anything like that at all? No,
2: just to be, I just like listening to your opinions. Um, and it's not that we don't take opinions on board, because obviously we do. But at the end of the day, fans are fans and it's getting and it's good to listen to, obviously, what you guys and your listeners have to say. It's I do often put it on my van on the way to work and just sit back and, and obviously have a drive and listen to it. Um, sometimes you get the team wrong, Mike, as you well know, or the, the formation, um, and I have to uh, message you to let you know. But um, other than that, no, it's great. I love it. It's, it, it's good to see. And like I said, it, put, it puts us out there. And the more listeners... Um, that, that, that jump on board, um, get to get to know the club better, and I think we as we, we as a club and, and and us as players or them as players need, need need to jump on and you need to speak to them more often. And obviously, what we're doing, I'll, and I'll be a big advocate of that going forward next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'd absolutely love that. I know, obviously, the, one of the problems is they they most of the time they clash with the uh, the training sessions. Yeah, um, which is just one of the things. I, I work shifts and stuff. It's one of those things typically. But everyone's always welcome. You know, we we're always, um, you know, we're never going to ask anything out of hand. I mean, we had, after the Sunderland win, we had Molly came on and I thought she'd be on for 10 minutes and she did the whole show. And it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, that's, money, <laughs> you know? Um, well, that, that's why that, that show got labeled as, got named as the Molly, the, the Molly Sharp show. So, uh, but that's fantastic. We, you know, we, we'd love that. We want to be able to try and improve the ex- ex- exposure all, of all of you in the team and, and put it out there. And, you know, at times I know we're, we're fans. We're, we're fickle, aren't we? As I say this, we feel last. You know, one week we're going, oh god, you should be doing that, and then three weeks later, we're like, that's yeah. the best thing ever. <laughs> it's, it's that's football fans for you, isn't it? It's um, you know, but no, absolutely. We you're always more than welcome on here. Um, any, anyone is, and you know, and we just want to be able to uh, do what we can to to kind of spread the word, really. Um, but no, I mean that's it. For Myself, uh, nothing else. I feel. Was there anything else you wanted to
1: ask Dean before we wrap up the show? Uh, no, just to say thanks again, Dean. Absolutely brilliant season. Um, honestly, ugh, I've got so many memories. I don't even know. I mean, right from the very first game against Bristol City, you know, I, I, I could. I, I think we've probably got our own top ten goals that would all be. To have a chance of winning goal of the season. We well, scored so many good. cracking That cursed his goal in that in that Bristol City game was just incredible. And um and it just sort of continued from then onwards. And we've just, and even you know even the, the two goals on Sunday um at Sheffield United were just stunners as well. You know, brilliant finishes. So it's just been it's just been a brilliant season. I just want to say thanks again for masterminding it. You know, you've just done a brilliant job. Thank you.
2: Lovely. Thank you Phil. Cheers, appreciated, and we don't like tap anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> we used to like we used to like a them. I was bawled to the back post tapping. We had a phase of those, <laughs> but um, right in that case, I want I just want to say, um, Gaffer, thanks ever so much for coming on. Um, for the moment, I-, I approached you about it a while ago. Been looking forward to, to getting you on. Whilst um, we've done the uh, the written interviews before, but to actually get to have the the time to chat with you um we really appreciate that you do it uh you'd never get this in the men's game it's one of the things i love with the women's game is everyone's so involved and willing to to take part and help out and share and i think that's fantastic and um that it's things like yourself coming on and molly coming on that enhance these shows as well to to draw more people in um so you know thanks ever so much for coming on and talking to us tonight um Thanks for everything you've done, yourself and all your team this season and the players. As uh, I say, it's a season that's going to live long in the memory. It's been an absolutely outstanding season from start to finish. Um, so thank you for everything that all of you have done. Um, hopefully we can continue to grow on that. Uh, we've got some trophies to give out at the end of the season. Well, sorry, to start of next season, which would be Thanks, the, yeah, Molly Sharp, if she's still here, uh, we've got the, uh, she's got the golden boot. And then the, the winner of the Eagle Eye View Player of the Season, who we'll find out next week, um, will have their trophy as well, um, if they're still here. <laughs> so uh, we've got those to do. Um, thank you very much. Next week, we're going to be doing our kind of end-of-season awards show, where we'll be looking at some of the candidates for Player of the Season, um, as well as, like, fulfill an and IL, our game of the season, Gold of the season, that kind of thing. So it um, should be good for everyone to listen to. Um, Phil will leave his fence at home. I will try not to waffle too much and <laughs> <laughs> hopefully be enjoyable. Uh, I was thinking what, during all of this, that earlier when you, when Phil's asking you questions that you have kind of, we got the show of the fence man, the waffle man and the tinker man. But, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who has listened live, um, or is listening back on, um, the Twitter Spaces recording or on Spotify where we are. Please subscribe to us. Um, Dean, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show tonight. Please come back on any time. and just say thank you very much and uh, yeah for for a really fascinating listen.
2: Lovely. And thanks, thanks for all your help throughout the season. It's been it's been really appreciated, guys. Thank you very much. It's absolutely our
0: pleasure. Lovely. Excellent. Cheers, Gaff. Cheers, Phil. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, both. Bye. Bye. Cheers, both. (laughs) Ha <laughs>